Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts. We have Brennan McCullough, we have Whitney Nelson, and we have returning after a decent hiatus, we have Mark Choi. What's up, everybody? Hey, not much, Doug. Hello. Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Whitney, Bren? Hello, how's it going? It's going. It's going all right. I, <laughs> it's weird that I'm in LA this year for E3. I didn't go, but like, a lot of traffic and a lot of bullshit happening. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Busy week for that stuff. And that's what I mean. I guess this is technically our kind of post-E3 wrap-up kind of going to discuss we'll the games. We'll call it P. That's... Nope. Don't call it that. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> P. No, post-D. Uh, that's post the thing. D? It's basically just going to point out the games we found interesting, maybe any other kind of newsy bits. Uh, but I guess before we maybe dive into what happened this E3, uh, Mark, we haven't heard from you in quite a little while. Is there anything new on your plate with games or life too busy for playing games these days? Um, so I always find time to get games in. You know, <laughs> you got to stay sane. You got you to gotta release some of that, that, um, that pent-up rage from <laughs> things that... <laughs> In your daily life. Yeah, that grind. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give you guys the backstory since we, I mean, we got a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> um, no, you know what? Uh, I'm going to jump in here for Doug and just say, no, we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, so work's been awful. Uh, we're, we've been trying to install all of these, these pieces of software in Amazon web services up in the cloud this isn't uh, video games and it's been it's just been it's an absolute disaster about. we've tried for two months now and it's He's gonna I've keep going until you stop him, i've had to stay at work <laughs> till like really really late and it's just it's not crazy. a joke he will not stop <laughs> um but i guess i'll i'll uh, i'll skim past that there we go. uh other things i'm trying to sell my house right now and i'm trying to buy a new house Oh, I can relate to that actually. I'm I, my fiance and I are finally buying a house, and it feels crazy. We have an offer in. It's we're getting inspections. We hope that the inspections don't come back and make us not want the house after all. But uh, nice, I man. can relate. It's yeah. very stressful, and yeah, I haven't played as much games. And of course, this is all happening during E3, which I'm like, fuck. This is the most important time for me as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I feel you. And and dude, selling, selling, and buying, and you when you have a time frame, is just absolutely terrible because you it's. It, you have to line everything up perfectly. It looks like our stuff's going to end up being in storage. I'm living in this like temporary apartment at the moment, yep. but my house is. But I'm going back and forth between my my house and that, which is like an hour and a half, and because I have to like mow the lawn every week still. Um, and this guy that I'm trying to buy, I put an offer in on a place, and the guy is just the worst human being of all time. And he, the the house actually has a leaking roof and there's like mold growing no. up in the crawl space where it's leaking. It has like a straight up hole in it and he won't budge on, he's like not budging on the price and he's being such a dick. Um, yeah. And not fun. And he wants like, he wants, not only does he want like full asking price, he wants me to get the information from the guy buying my house's financial situation and in paperwork like he wants me to get the paperwork about that and mail it to him so that way he knows that my sale isn't gonna like fall through he's being such a loser so i i don't know it's just been crazy but i've still been playing a lot of games i started horizon zero dawn the other day oh yeah such a good game it really is yeah so far it's been really really cool i'm i'm really really enjoying it um what else have I been playing? I've I've been playing a uh, you know good deal good deal Overwatch. I love it. You can just jump in that game and play a few rounds and hop off because that's the most optimal situation for me right now. Yep. Um, I also bought this one game that I don't even remember the name of it, <laughs> but it's like a rhythm game, and you uh, you it's like a cooking rhythm anime game, and uh, uh. the the catch there though is it's kind of. Um, it's kind of lewd when you <laughs> when you win is rounds. It a, like, th- uh, what are these games called? This like is it part of a franchise? No, no, it's it's kind of a standalone thing. Senrin um, Kagura? No, it's not. It's not that. Uh, well, maybe it is. Actually, maybe it is. It, I don't so- know. it sounds like Senrin Kagura, which is just straight up a titty anime game. Mark. God damn no, it! No, it's a rhythm game. No, it's no, actually it's a- like a. It's a hard rhythm game. I don't. This might not be the same thing then. Yeah. But if you, what happens if you lose a battle? Uh, yeah, your clothes like explode. Yeah, it's Senran Kagura. It's a titty <laughs> anime game, Mark. 
Yeah, but it's really fun, and I I'm would. I'm sure act- it is. The, that's uh, that's the-, the problem with it. So I watched the demo for it on Steam, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I didn't even know that's what it was, and I thought it was just a rhythm game because you know how much I love rhythm games. Yeah. And I got it, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting," but it's still super fun, and I can't stop playing it. So I'm gonna, you know, I, even if it didn't have that stuff, I'd still buy it. And it's, I don't know, I still, I still think it's a, a fun game. It's, I mean, it's not for, uh, it's not for everyone, obviously. The, the children's, the kiddles. Yeah. Think of the children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I learned it from you, Dad. Because <laughs> oh, they came out with a new one recently, Peach Beach Splash, which is kind of hmm. like a Splatoon esque style game, like you run around with super secrets and stuff. And like, I'm sure it's a fun game. I'm sure it plays well. It's still yeah. just like you can't play it without looking like a perverted degenerate. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I can see that. Um, but as yeah. far as the whole house thing, I know what you mean. Is like when you're well, <laughs> going no, back. no, going back. Just like it's like so stressful. You don't have enough time to play games. Like I'm similar boat. Like as someone who doesn't play Overwatch, I've been diving back into Rocket League, and they had a decent update with like this whole like beachy themes and like all sorts of like special items uh, that are specific to the season that you can earn as you like i think the the currency you earn as you play matches is like shells or something and you can spend a certain amount of shells to get new crates and new items it's it feels really good to be back into rocket league but i don't know it just god that community it is extremely toxic it's really refreshing when you play a game where like no one shit talks and there's like at the end everyone says good game it's like wow that never happens anymore but uh i do still really like that game and it's cool how they're keeping it fresh like i don't know how they've made this game like last this long and people are still just as interested as they were probably when it launched but yeah let's i mean that's good to hear that you're still gaming, even despite all this, like, hectic life stuff. I can definitely relate with that. But let's maybe get some opinions on what happened at this year's E3. Um, one thing I want to shout out, like I mentioned already, I didn't get a great opportunity to watch a lot of the E3 coverage this year. So for anyone that's kind of in a similar boat like me, I mean, you probably don't have a video game podcast. And if you do, you should probably be better at hosting it and actually watch <laughs> E3. But um, there's this website yeah, yeah. called... 2018.e3recap.com and what's especially cool is it it spans back all the way i i at least went back to 2014 it might go even further but if you just change the year in the url you can get to a website that will list all of the games that were announced and it gives you links to their trailers whether there was gameplay demo like a lot of information what systems it's going to be releasing on when the release dates are so it's extremely handy for anyone that's like let me get like an overhead view of what happened this e3 um but let's maybe hear from whitney because i guess we haven't had you on in a little while either um what what yeah what uh conferences stuck out to you any games in particular that you're like really excited for um, well, so I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Fallout 76, which <laughs> I am not the only person, but I am a diehard uh, Fallout fan. I have the, um, I have the Pip-Boy, oh, um, damn. that you can, like, wear and put your phone into, and it will actually, like, sync with the game. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I have, uh, like, I really like Fallout. I did not even finish Fallout 4 because Fallout 4 was too open world for me and I got distracted and put it down and did not finish the storyline. And I I think that the idea of bringing multiplayer to Fallout is a very interesting idea. I hate the nukes. (laughs) Um, I think that having people do raids in Fallout to get launch codes for nukes so they can nuke other players is so not the vibe of Fallout and, like, the people who like to play Fallout. And also, they're, from the trailers, like, from everything we saw, there's no NPCs, and, like, the flavor text and side quests from the NPCs are what makes Fallout Fallout. Um, And so I feel like it's not going to feel like a Fallout game, and if it doesn't feel like a Fallout game, and it's just multiplayer, like, teaming up with people to raid and shoot other people. I can do that in a game that's not going to crash and do weird (laughs) shit all the time, like Fallout does. Um, So I have very strong feelings about it. I'm holding out hope. I will definitely play it right away. Um, But I I think that it's taking away all the things that I love about Fallout, and they're not great games if you take away all the stuff I love about Fallout. So um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. They they might surprise me. Totally. It seems like the biggest trouble with that trailer is no one can really tell why you would want to build anything 
because it's just going to get nuked off the face of the map. Well, I mean, like, I played Rust, and Rust was very much about that. And I think they're taking a page out of, like, a Fortnite, Rust, um, PUBG sort of a thing. Like, PUBG doesn't have as much crafting. Fortnite has some. Rust had a lot. Like, Rust was all about crafting. Rust was like uh, a survival game. Yeah, yeah, and, and for Rust, the games, like, they reset the server, I think, once a week. So you had a week to, like build up supplies and try and make a, a house that no one would get into, but everyone would come, like, as soon as they knew there was someone living there, they would dynamite your shit and take everything, and yep. um, it was very intense, and it was not, like, I don't know, it was like Lord of the Flies, I think I've said that before, but, like, you don't go there to relax, and I feel like every Fallout game I've played is because I want to relax, not because I'm, like, looking for a super intense experience. Right. Yeah, it se- it seems like everyone's either hesitant with Fallout seventy six or like just confused by it. Doesn't really know enough about it. I don't know really know anyone who's like super excited. Like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. It's like, eh, it could be cool. And like that seems to be the most praise I hear about it. I think yeah. they should just skip that entirely and just give us Elder Scrolls six Which, a little bit the, faster. Oh man, and that's nope. the funniest thing about this E three. I remember on our pre three episode, I said like, pre- "There's gonna be no Elder Scrolls six and lo and behold, they give us a thirty second trailer that's just like I don't even know it's what the, it, it was just a landscape generated in in like really well like rendered, and then it just said the the title Elder Scrolls Six, and that was it. So it's like, yeah. what's the point Wait, of that? I mean, they should take all of the resources from Fallout seventy six and put them all in in Elder Scrolls. Oh, I no, I, I back that up a and, thousand percent as an Elder Scrolls fan though. But I'm sure a lot yeah. of Fallout fans are just being like, "Fuck you, Mark and Doug. <laughs> you guys <I>, suck." <laughs> prefer them doing what they did for Elder Scrolls than what they're doing for Beyond Good and Evil, which is they they put all of their time into the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer, which is like not even necessarily gameplay. I don't even know if it's a cutscene from the game, but they're doing it to sell it. And they're so far from being ready. Like, I kind of like the idea of having it be collaborative, like they're bringing in like posters that are on statues or or walls in cities are going to be made by like crowdsourced basically music and sound music, effects of yeah. the game are going to be crowdsourced and but they are so early on that they're still like they need art to fill like city streets and stuff like that they we're so far from seeing any gameplay that i feel like they're getting us too hyped too early yeah. and even at like E3 there's no real gameplay that people can go test on the floor um and I would rather have just, like, a beautifully rendered background and the title of the game to say, yes, we're working on it. Stop giving a shit. It's coming. Don't freak out about Fallout 76 because Elder Scrolls is in the works. I would rather do that than than get people all prepared for a game when you've got years and years of making it still. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I feel like at that point, why even announce it? I, In the back of my well, mind, I know they're working on it as a diehard fan. I honestly think they've been working on it for the past, like, three, four years. So, but, they, like, yeah, I still they don't think they're ready. Been. Yeah. It's, it's really just to shut everyone. Up, like, give yeah. where's Elder Scrolls? Where's Elder Scrolls? It's like, fuck, here it is. Fucking here it is. <laughs> and it's Shut nothing. up. Like, just leave us alone. Let us work on it. Stop like, emailing us every day about well, it. That's like, a, that's all I felt it was. One thing that's annoying about Bethesda is they, I, I'm not sure, I still don't know if this is a joke or not because I guess Keegan Michael Key was part of the commercial for it, but like the Skyrim, like, text adventure well, like a uh, voice adventure with amazon or alexa, alexa or all that kind of shit mm-hmm. like uh, to me yeah. anyone that put any time and effort into that should have been working on elder scrolls 6 like it makes no sense that nobody wants <laughs> that mean, nobody wants to talk to your refrigerator and be like yeah stab the goblin like that's not the whole video was a joke dog like that's not a real thing it is so, a real thing it is a real I mean, thing you can do it yeah. you can talk to alexa and but, play you could play that's, Skyrim on Alexa. That's thing. real. They coded it. There's an what? actual game. That's there. why it's. I, a, that's why I was saying I wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. But it is legitimate. That can't be real. That's that's I've. You can search for videos. They're on YouTube, and and I saw like three on my Facebook timeline right after that was announced. That's why they should not have cast Keegan Michael Key yes. because everyone thought it was a skit. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's one thing. If I'm not mistaken, we had uh, Matt from the Super Gamecast 64 podcast. I was listening to their latest episode talking about E3, and yeah, he's basically saying. It's a legit thing. It's essentially like a, a choose your own adventure, but like audio based Skyrim adventure. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody wanted that. Nobody needed to well, now, create now it. Literally zero people asked for that. Yeah. yeah no stop putting it. Skyrim on everything. It was a great idea for a comedy it. bit, like a joke, like with Keegan Michael Key, but then not a, to be like, oh, but this is actually a thing. 
As a joke, I thought it was good, but yeah, knowing it's real, now I'm, like, retroactively mad. Furious, yes. <laughs> I'm also curious how far it goes. Like, can you actually do anything in it, or is it just a, like, say and respond situation? Like, That's Alexa a good question. Say, like, 30 things, and then she repeats herself. I'm not or sure, it, to be like, honest. actually running around D&D One style? video I did not finish, but there was one video on my Facebook timeline that was 14 minutes long. See, okay. yeah, there's definitely but- some substance there, and... Uh, I'm sure there is. I just feel like there's going to be a limit of how many lines there are, and then she's going to just start repeating uh, stuff. Like, I, it's not the full game. I can't imagine anyone would actually have done the whole game. She just starts no, repeating, I took an game. arrow in the knee. But also, I thought it was a joke, <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's a silly joke. Then later in that conference, Bethesda reveals Elder Scrolls Blades yep. for the phone, which is just Skyrim Mobile, which is also fucking stupid. No one asked for <laughs> That's what I mean. I think so, like, Bethesda is also was, all oh. over the place, not understanding their audience and what they want. They're just like, oh, if it makes money, let's do it. They're so out of touch because the fan base is so loyal, so they can just do whatever and know people will buy it up. Yeah. That's why Nintendo got so crazy for a while. and made- We're putting Skyrim on your smart fridge. Yeah. <sighs> someone will do it. I mean, I see people putting Doom on, like, toaster ovens and stuff, but, like, that's one person doing it as a joke. It's not a company using resources to do it, like Bethesda is. Um, but jumping back to uh, Beyond Good and Evil real quick, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, they showed some gameplay, question mark, but I don't know if it was just, like, a rehearsed trailer or if it was actually anyone legitimately playing it or if it was just sort of a cutscene in the gameplay so, engine. from what I heard, from what I... From what I heard, it was playable, but it was about, f- I think it was like five minutes of like pre-alpha, like not even all the backgrounds are rendered. Okay. And um, with the hit record, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt came out and it's his company mm-hmm. that's doing all the like community outreach stuff, like use your art and use your music and stuff. And I think there was a good like two hours of people being excited for that. And then everyone realized like they'll get paid for it, but they're basically just outsourcing all the work to everyone like to the fans and using their fans as cheap labor instead of paying them what they would have had to pay an in-house like designer and stuff so there's like actually a bit of backlash with like the creative community see it's that's not what it is that's not what it is what they're doing is buying time yeah because they're so far from being ready that getting people hype about like wait we can collaborate and make a poster that's going to be on a wall in this city scene or like you know, I, I don't know, radio music is going to be playing out of this speaker somewhere and that will be music that I helped make. I think getting people involved in that is buying time because I think they're years away from that being out. And they've already this is the second E3 that they've shown stuff for it. So they already know that they're like their timeline isn't as long as they need it to be. Yeah, so I, would I, I really don't think it's about I, they'll have people. If they don't get enough stuff, they'll pay people to do it. I really don't think it's about outsourcing cheap labor. I think it's about if they can get fans excited about participating, then they buy themselves more time of, like, people being patient with them. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think it's, like, from a malicious area, but it's definitely, Mm -mm. I guess, no one from their company has really been outspoken about it yet or, like, really talked about it too much yet. So the fans just went with that theory, and now that seems to be a running theory, and it kind of might be a backlash against them, like, unfortunately. I, I I have seen some of that, too, and I, I don't agree with any of it, but it's definitely a, like, hey, look over here approach. <laughs> yeah, because it's still TBA. Like, they still yeah. haven't given any release date. And yeah. it's been in development for, like, 15 years or something. Like, and it's supposed to be, like, a lot of multiplayer online. Like, it's supposed to be completely different than what the first Beyond Good and Evil was. At this point, I don't think anyone even remembers the story anymore. Like, it's well, just and, so and far that's- gone. That's one of those things that makes me realize how far off they are from being done is last E3... Someone said, like, one of the, the game developers being interviewed afterwards said that, what's her name? The Jade. Jade, yeah. They said Jade wasn't in it. And yeah, then everyone right. freaked out that Jade wasn't in it, and this happened last year, and this year she's in the trailer. Yeah. A young the, Jade is in the trailer. Last year, the trailer was Jade's mom, like, pirating yeah. a ship or whatever, so, like... Yeah, I think you're. I think they're really just not. I sure think what they're, they're literally doing. so far away they don't even know the story yet, or they're just uh, now putting together the story. But they're basing it like she wasn't in it last year. They said that, so they are so far off from being ready to publish that game, and they should not have announced it. It looks so good. The trailer uh, is gets me hype. Yeah, this but is we. Hey guys, what game are we talking about right now? <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil That's 2, Mark. Mark. Sorry, it doesn't have big fake anime tags. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Um, 
Um, but yeah, just the last thing I'll say is like I think it'll be, I think it, Beyond Good and Evil Two would be a really good, entertaining movie. I don't know if it's yeah. gonna be a good game. I would definitely we'll watch a movie of it though. We'll see. We won't know for like five years. Yeah, I've jeez. I did want to talk about Tunic. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Tunic. Oh yeah, the little fox. Yeah. So uh, when you first watched it, it was like super adorable. You're like this cute little fox. The animation looks great. First of all, it's one guy who did everything except oh, for damn. sound design. He outsourced some sound design, but it is entirely a one man developer game. Um, and he said that it's uh so much more than cute. It's a game for people who play video games. Um. And there's, he said something about, like, you have to be careful about what decisions you make and how you play the game, which immediately, of course, got me, my curiosity peaked because all of my favorite games are games where, like, your decisions have consequences. That's, like, the whole way that I'm going. So the fact that he's saying, like, you have to be careful of what decisions you make and that it's a, it's a difficult game for people who play video games, but it looks so cute and twee. I immediately got excited about that. And I don't know why they didn't show that or say something about that in the trailer. It wasn't until I was, like, watching E3, like, coverage and someone was interviewing him that he said that, that he was like, it's so much more than cute. Um, and also I love pretty much any, like, opus game where it's one man who made it, like Monument Valley yes. or The Witness and Braid or any of those where you've got one crazy guy sitting up alone in his room, like, <laughs> making a whole video game. They're always incredible because they're always, like, as soon as you don't have to design it by committee, you get really interesting ideas. Yeah. Stardew yeah, Valley. Fez? Yeah. Is that one guy? Stardew <laughs> Valley is so good. Fez, yes, that's one guy, too. Um, all of those games are really great games that do something different than you've seen before. And uh, so I'm excited about Tunic. That's, I think, one of the ones that got no coverage, but is maybe the thing I'm most excited about out of E3 was Tunic. Definitely, yeah. It, just the art style is so unique. I love, like, the kind of isometric top-down view, but, like, it's very, like, still uh-huh. 3D. Like, wow, they really uh, yeah. have a unique style going, and I'm definitely interested. It does give yeah. me kind of a Monument Valley vibe in a weird way. I don't, not necessarily, like, I guess it's just, like, the, the viewpoint, yeah, top-down kind of. Mm-hmm. I look forward to playing as Fox Link. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah. It does seem it like a foxy like, yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Hey Doug, can I manage the um the uh, almost better than silence Instagram? No, nope. nope. stop there's it right no there. Just say no. Management of any of our social media. <laughs> um, but no, do we have an Instagram. We do. No. We do. Do we? Wow. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, ABTE no. Silence uh, listener, if you want to follow us. <laughs> Fuck, I know. <laughs> but. That's the thing. There are a couple... Let's point out games that you feel like maybe people uh, would have missed. I personally thought I'd be interested in this game, oh, Sea of Solitude. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I'm, uh, it looks good, but it just fa- for me, it just fell into the genre of the Lone Stranger in a weird land, like the all those other games we've talked about before, like Journey and uh, yep. Bastion and stuff. And it's like, I still enjoy those games, but they have to be, at least be different enough. It seems like People realize, like, hey, this sells, and just are mass-producing it. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to be the unique factor for uh, that game. Because it did, it definitely looked cool. Like, the yeah. characters, like, this, like, dark monster-y character. Exactly. I'm intrigued. Let's put it that way. And I agree with your yeah. sentiment of, like, what's going to separate this from these other games? That There's a yeah. lot in that genre. Um, but I, in overall, it definitely uh, does seem like a standout from the crowd as far as uh, just, like, very stylized. I think that... Uh, it's not one person. Yeah, there's a team. Yeah, the creators, uh, Joe, Joe Mai or Joe Me, uh, studios. Joe, but, uh, Me. yeah, Joe. really interesting. I'd, I'd be interested. Joe Maybe Boy. that might be a, a team of devs we'd like to have on the show and talk about their game a little more in depth as we find out more. Um, yeah. What stood out to you, Mark? Did you get a chance to see anything? Um, I actually did. Uh, I'm super hyped for Last of Us 2. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I'm just a big fan of it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I th- yeah, Doug's in a minority for once. I know, it's fair. The gameplay, the gameplay, that I watched the, like, the 15-minute gameplay trailer. It looks so fun. The, the scenery is beautiful. It, I don't know. It just looks like it's going to be an amazing story, and I'm, I'm very hyped for that. I am so hyped for 2 
that I'm already ready for three and to see what they do <laughs> with the like next stage of her life because I love what they're doing with the emotions and the stories and how real everybody felt in that trailer. Oh, um, yeah. That I'm already like, okay, so this is the next stage of her life and how she's dealing with all of the stuff that happened to her in the last game and how she's grown up a little bit but doesn't necessarily know how to handle all of it. And then, so I'm already thinking like the next step down the road, like depending on how many years this game spans... I'm already like, now what is she is like as an adult? I think they did such a good job with like building that world out even more in two. Um, yeah. 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 The the brutality seems to have kicked up a notch. Not yeah. that the first one wasn't, was say, wasn't extremely was violent. Brutal. Right. But yeah, the first one was too. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, it immediately cuts to the scene of her just stabbing that guy in the neck like seven times. And then the one guy getting hung while he's alive and they're just pulling out his intestines with a knife like right off the bat it's just it was very intense but i I'm, well, and I'm, i think i think it was a really good storytelling device to show that like imposed with the other scenes that are just sort of day-to-day life because it shows oh, yeah. you she's not just like a quiet hesitant person for no reason like she's not just like a shy person it's like so much has happened to her and she has done so much stuff that she doesn't even know like how to be a person in the world like other people are yeah Mm -hmm. um which i think really gives you a a, like look into her inner workings in a way where you don't have to tell people what's going on you can just show that scene and then show the really brutal fighting stuff with her like stabbing the guy in the neck a bunch of times and whatever um i think they did a really good job with that Mm -hmm. i agree yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna begrudgingly buy that game and then be like, "It's my favorite game you ever." You know, you will. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna play through it and watch it be like, I like Last of Us Two way more than Last of Us One. But then I'd be like, "Oh, well, Last of Us Two would have never happened if the way I intended Last of Us One to end would have, you know, like it's weird like that." What if? Yeah. What if the Last of Us Two? They just find another girl that's immune to it, and then they have to do the whole story of one again. <laughs> it's, that, it's just a rescan of the first one. <laughs> they like purposely made that game to infuriate me. Oh no. <laughs> oh god there'd be a riot one that might have slipped under the radar that i'm really interested in but don't necessarily have a good feel for it after the co- press conferences was control um yeah. so that's i alan wake is one of my favorite video games of oh all my time. god we, ne- we need to talk about alan wake that is more, <laughs> that is my, t- one my top mark. top 10 favorite games yeah no it's incredible and quantum break which that same studio did um a mm-hmm. couple years ago maybe one year, two years ago, uh, yeah. did some super interesting stuff. Like every chapter of the video game was interspersed with like live action film. Like it was basically like episodes of a TV show that told the bigger world of the story in between the gameplay. Okay. Um, and some of the animation stuff that they did, like it looked beautiful. They did really crazy stuff and it was playing around with time in a very interesting way. So it, it was not as good as Alan Wake, but it was a very good, very interesting game. And so they didn't control the trailer for it shows almost nothing. It shows ve- almost no gameplay. It shows almost no story. I have no idea like what it's about other than it seems a little bit spooky, which is in line with what this studio does. Um, but I don't know what kind of game it is. Like, I don't know if it plays. Like, Alan Wake and Quantum Break played pretty close to the same, um, just as far as, like, controls and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I'm assuming that it's sort of, uh, you know, pretty pretty close to the Alan Wake sort of line of things. But the animation looks really cool, and I will buy anything that that studio makes after Alan Wake. So they, they probably got about 10 years of me buying even mediocre games from them just off <laughs> of Alan Wake. Did you play Alan Wake's American Nightmare or the uh, the yeah the American DLC. Nightmare? No, I it's did. not a DLC. Yes. It's a standalone game. It's not a game. DLC. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. Oh, I loved that. Even though it was yeah. only like four hours long. Yeah, it was. It was too short. Um, and I don't think it was as good as Alan Wake. But I love some of the world building, like how they added on to the Alan Wake world. Hmm. Um, I do wish that we had a little bit more closure from the first Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. That you know the last scene where he's like, "It's not a lake. It's an ocean." <laughs> Uh-huh. And then and then no one knows what that means at all and they don't make a second one. Mm-hmm. But we all just admit that it's a great game because you have to <laughs> scour the woods for random mugs of coffee. Oh fuck that. I that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I liked the vibe because uh I don't know, it just it really reminds me of the nor- the Pacific Northwest uh which yeah. I have which I haven't been to, mind you. But um <laughs> 
it's it's one of my, I don't know it's just one of my favorite types of terrain. I just like the the fact that it's rainy. You can wear sweatshirts during the summertime. It's just you know it's just a good a good vibe. And I think all of us here can all admit that we really do wish that we had that here and uh, on the East Coast or even you, Brendan, in L.A. I'm sure you wish that that you could have that too. I just yeah. want so. stuff to stop being on fire. That's like my <laughs> only requirement. Like well, the you Thomas need to leave Fire, California, yeah. Though, the that Thomas Fire every ended year. after six months. There's a fire burning for six months out here. Yeah, dude, I'm tell. I've told you, LA shouldn't exist, man. It's a it's a godforsaken city. That's a testament to man's arrogance. Yeah, having grown up out there, you will see the same people on the news every year, twice a year, because their house is in danger of fires. And then as soon as it turns like fall, winter, and it's the rainy season, their house is in danger again because of mudslides and flooding. And it's like literally every year, twice a year, the same people are on the news because they're like standing on top of their roof with like a hose trying to keep their house from catching on fire. (laughs) And then it's got three feet of mud in it six months later and they can't move. Cause obviously, you know, even though they're, it's a really great neighborhood and a very high, like they paid a high price for that house. There's no resale value because everyone knows that it almost catches on fire and floods every year. Yeah. Hey guys, can we, can we pick a video game every episode and we all have to rate it and we have to rate it on how many bottles of Mountain Dew out of 10 it is. Uh, first off, no. Second off, we don't even fit, play different games every episode. Yeah, I was gonna say we're let alone play us playing games. all of them. Like, no, but we'll just pick. We'll just pick a game that everyone knows about, and you can rate it even if you haven't played it. All right, I'm gonna. Start. I think it'll be a really useful section. And I'm SSX sure it'll gain a lot tricky. of listeners. <laughs> I'm gonna give that eight bottles of Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, I'm 10. a solid seven. Your seven bottles. How many? How about you, Brendan? But I hate this, but probably eight. Eight. Okay. How about you, Whitney? Which game are we talking about? SSX Control? tricky. SSX tricky. I've never played it. Zero. You, oh, <laughs> zero bottles out of ten. <laughs> zero um, bottles out of ten. Mark's new segment. I'll say I'm looking at the <laughs> control trailer right now, and uh-huh. it seems like a big, big mechanic of the game is telekinesis, which is great. That's always one of my favorites. Um, but yes, yeah, definitely seems like there's some sort of. It's not just like a secret base laboratory, you know, black ops place. Yeah, um, no, there's something else going there's like on. There's aliens or something happening or people yeah. being possessed or something. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. And it seems like the telekinesis is being used with the particle physics or, like, debris physics of the world. So, if you blow up, like, a part of the wall, you can then pick up the debris of the wall and then throw it at people. That's awesome. So that's, yeah, so that's, some, that's something that um, they Quantum started Break. to play around with in Quantum Break mm-hmm. um, because it was, like, a time-based thing where you... We're in a lab accident and you could control time, but you could control time enough that, like, you could freeze time when, like, a bunch of debris was falling at you and, like, use your, use the force that you have with time or whatever to, like, use it against people. Like, you could fight with, for example, debris in an explosion or something like that. Yeah. So that seems to be, like, her, her, like, physics gun seems to be part of, like, they took some stuff from Quantum Break and are using it. Um, in other ways, which I like. That makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. I have a few that I need to hit on here. Uh, one being like super monumental for our podcast. I mean, Uh-oh. forever, uh, that <laughs> and Bren have given me shit that Kingdom Hearts 3 is never coming out. We finally got the release date. It's January. It ain't this year. I, it's, well, yeah. And that's one thing. I, it's close to this year. January it's 29th, not that far away, 2019. Yeah. So it's like the fucking, I don't know, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's there. We're getting there. But I, even as like a diehard fan, I realize, and I most likely think all fans getting this release date expect a delay. Like there's no doubt in my mind it's not coming out t- January 29th. But if it happens to, you can bet your ass I'm going to be buying it. But God, 14, no, 13 years later. It's just, it's still <laughs> mind blowing to me. It, I just don't understand. And it's going to have all these franchise, franchises that I like missed as an adult. Like maybe when I have kids and stuff, I'll be revisiting like Frozen for the first time, but like I've never even seen Frozen. So like when I play the Frozen level, I'm going to have no idea what the fuck's going on. I've, I feel like there's going to be a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like completely over my head where 13 years ago, I was like, oh, I'm on board with the latest Disney or whatever's going on. <laughs> let it go um, let it go but the director and creator of kingdom hearts was in an interview quoted saying even he gets confused by the story yeah even the creator doesn't know what the hell's happening in this game well you so want to know wouldn't... why i think they have too many people like giving input i feel like he probably wasn't cooks. yeah that oh he wasn't like involved in say the writing for kingdom hearts cross or kingdom hearts uh 365 over two days like i feel maybe he was don't get me wrong i feel like there has to be someone that's responsible for like the overall 
story, but there's so many offshoot games that it's like almost impossible to be like, yeah, this all makes sense. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. It's just like, I won't have anyone arguing saying like, oh, Kingdom Hearts has a good story. It's like, it does not. No one knows what's happening. No. Every game is canonical. The problem with spinoff game. The problem with it in general is just that they're trying to tie all the Disney worlds and all the Final Fantasy worlds and all these franchises that they own to to be together and like kind of make it cohesive. So that's just a challenge in and of itself. But putting that aside, I still think the games are extremely fun. And I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to have that many more like new entries to the Kingdom Hearts franchise being like, yo, that game looks fucking sick. And they're going to go buy it and have no idea what's going on story-wise and still have a blast. So I think that gives some new gamers hope to like be able to dive in. Yeah. Heck Xbox owners, you're going to be able to play Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. That's insane. So I had a buddy ask, how are people going to be, how are kids going to be able to jump into Kingdom Hearts three and understand what's going on? And I just started laughing. I'm like, they won't. They no just one won't. can just jump no. in. It's <laughs> impossible to just jump in now. Oh, that was me. I said that. No, <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's exciting. It's definitely it's coming out. So people, uh, we can finally like that weight is lifted off our shoulder. There's just gonna be a at the very end. There's gonna be a cliffhanger for like Kingdom Hearts 3.5, and it's just gonna keep going. I sure hope keep not. Going. At this point, I want this beast to come to an end. It's just like, all right, <laughs> Sora, Kyrie, Riku, let's wrap it up. Oh God, I just. I know. I'm, it's interesting. That it's cool seeing all the characters and stuff, like the Disney characters in the games and fighting and stuff. I have no interest at all about the like Kingdom Hearts characters, like Sora, Riku, and stuff. Like, oh, I those are the ones care. that mean the most to me, which I is the craziest care. thing. Oh man. Um, another game that really struck a chord with me, though, that I'm super excited about, and I think it's actually this year. Oh shit, I need to check. But Super Mario Party, it's coming to Switch, and it's they had an ad for it, which really had an interesting mechanic. So like. There's people all at a bar. Two people must have had a switch. They lay the switches mm-hmm. next to each other and, the, and increase the size of like the board. Yes, like exactly. The, the board game. It blows my mind because they yeah. they, they you have uh, the options of doing it in any kind of variation where the switches just line up next to each other in a certain way, and then yeah, you can yeah your characters go from one screen to another, and I that's just mind blowing. It's very innovative, and them really taking their technology and trying to showcase the best uh, abilities of it and. Already I'm sold, I'm excited, but I also don't see myself in many situations where I'm going to have friends that own a Switch and we're just going to be like, yeah, let's put them side by side. It's still cool that it's available. Doug, you don't want to head down to the local pub with your Switch? Yeah, that's and, that's uh, another good point. And Who's going to actually do that? On the bar? Yeah, uh, I I would sure as shit do that if I had a switch <laughs> and I had friends with switches. I would be like, no, we're all going down to the bar tonight, and we are all bringing our switches. That's cool. And you have no choice in the matter. I don't want to spill beer on my switch, but that's, then again, that's I think what I, I mean, handle I thought. it. I'm watching the trailer now. That's the cleanest looking bar I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's never that clean. Right. So, yeah. Oh, Brendan, you're right. It was Anthony Petrella that asked you that question. Oh, jeez. Name drop. Yeah. Much. Woo. Well, he asked me to name drop. <laughs> Shout out to um, Anthony. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Super Mario Party's coming out October 5th. So that's going to be this year. Okay. Yeah. That's the, the next Switch game I intend on purchasing. I haven't bought one since launch or like when I got my, not launch, when I first bought my Switch, I was like, yeah, I got to get Zelda, got to get Mario Odyssey. And I think I also have Mario Kart and Splatoon 2, but ever since I haven't been like, ah, there's a game I really need for, for Switch, Super Mario Party is that game, and I'm really hyped. Wait, Doug, I thought, remember when the Switch was going to come out, you didn't like it. Yeah, no, I, I've, you obviously don't I listen can't. to our show. Uh, no, <laughs> that's the thing. Well, no, I do, but no, I must no, have missed that no, one. That's the thing, I've, I've totally retracted, and I've on numerous occasions since been like, Switch is one of the most like fresh exciting things for the gaming industry and i i don't know i really do enjoy yeah. it but yeah I, it, it's collecting well, a lot of dust though too which is sad for me because i i i still prioritize the ps4 yeah but i was gonna say and yet the advocate of our group for the switch was basta and he still doesn't have one yeah and i don't think he <laughs> intends on getting one anytime soon no. so he was the one pushing hard for it yeah it's- and he did buy one our show makes uh, zero um, sense. Absolutely. Oh, one thing I saw that I think most people probably skipped over because I think it was in like the X or Microsoft conference like indie game montage where they just blast a bunch of indie games in like quick succession. Don't tell you anything about any of them, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's by far the most interesting part of their terrible conferences every year. Um, I don't know if I'm excited for this game, but it's called Neon Cab, like N E O Cab, and I guess you're just it's in like a a Wolfo or what's it called? A Wolf Among Us sort of gameplay style, sort of cel shaded, but it's all futuristic and neon. 
Yeah. And it's just taxi cab confessions. You're just a cab driver talking to your passengers. It's oh, just interesting. Like future Uber, and I don't know why this is a game. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that made it to E3 2018. Good yeah. job, indie developers. You've done it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it could be fun. It just was like, why? There was one that was like that, that was, I think, in the same sort of, like, montage of indie games that I was very interested in, but did not see enough of the game to, to understand what it was, is The Quiet Man. Um, yeah. Where I, I, I liked a lot of the art style, but a lot of the gameplay was interspersed with video. And, like, I don't know, like, literally fight scenes. It started with video, and there was a fight scene, and it ended with video. And it seemed like maybe that's the whole game, is, like, anything that's, instead of cut scenes, it's actual live video. And then anything that's action is a video game. And I'm not sure how that works, or if that was just for the trailer, and they didn't have enough game, or, like, what was going on there. But the protagonist seems, like, definitely sort of an anti-hero, um, which I like. And also, he, it, I think that he's deaf. And so I'm very curious to see what they do with the sound design and how that plays into the game, because it's called The Quiet Man. And if your protagonist is deaf, you've got to do some interesting stuff with it. But there were characters saying lines in the trailer and stuff. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. It seems really interesting, but there was not enough. The the um, the there was a like a mechanic with like in the fighting that now I don't remember what it was, but seemed interesting to me. Just like the fight scenes looked cool yeah. um, and it looked like it would be fun to play, but there was not enough in that trailer. Cause it was in that like montage of indie games that I don't know, like what I have no idea what kind of game it would be or how long it is or anything like that, but it seemed really interesting. And I like the idea of having your main character be deaf and how that could play into the game. Yeah, I really hope they utilize that, because, yeah, I'm watching the trailer now. It really doesn't show much. Like, it's just yeah. a quick alley fight. Um, part of me is hoping it's just, like, a Jackie Chan movie where the guy's deaf and there's just a big misunderstanding with everyone he comes in contact with. <laughs> and people are, like, mugging him. It's like, I don't want to fight you. And he's just, like, hitting him. It's like, I can't. I can only do sign language, and you don't understand that. And it's just a big misunderstanding. And I hope that's the whole game. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. That'd be great. Because uh, it looks like super, it looks like it takes itself super serious, and it's all very dark and gloomy. Yeah, it does look like it takes itself super serious. Then, yeah, I can yeah. think we can anticipate that's not going to be the way that works out. But uh, one game that also I think looks super serious and like seems to I, it seems like for a certain audience, I don't know if I'm going to play it, but the game Ghost of Tsushima, and oh. it's it's uh, for PlayStation only. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and it looks just like yes, yeah, samurai Gorgeous. like you're cut. Yeah, the 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 graphics are absolutely insane like it literally it, it's so realistic that i like as i'm watching this guy like cut people apart with his samurai sword it like almost like turns my stomach because i'm like picturing myself being that guy i'm like oh man that is ruthless shit like i don't know it definitely seems like a dark game for someone that's like into but it also yeah like whitney said gorgeous as far as the environment and graphics it's it's up there edo but, style and the fact that they were doing like um martial arts type moves with swords in the gameplay like i've never seen a fight scene look like that yes it looked like a cut scene not like a fight scene in a video game and i don't Correct. know how how it would actually play out when you're really playing it or if that was just you know filmed that way for the trailer but i was really taken aback by how smooth and beautiful the martial arts in the fight scene was as actual like gameplay of a fight yeah, oh, definitely. The choreography in the fighting must have, like, been, like, there has to be some, like, crazy uh, motion capture as far as, like, everything's yeah. so realistic with these characters. Like, uh, it's and it definitely so impressive. And it smoothly went from one move into the next move and stuff like that. Like, I don't yeah. know how you can do that when it's responding to what you're, like, what buttons you're pushing and what combos you're hitting and stuff like that. I don't know how it works at all, but it looks very impressive. Agreed. So that's any, definitely uh, one that Any Samurai on Shampoo fans here? Samurai Shampoo? No, but I've heard great things about that anime. I have yeah. too. It's reminded it's me of that. Yeah, yeah it's very it's, good. It just seems like Samurai, if you've always wanted a Samurai game, this is definitely going to be one that you're going to be interested in. I do yeah. feel like that's kind of a, a niche that's not very tapped into. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. I think it's tapped into. I don't think it's tapped into well. I think there's a yeah. lot of Samurai games and there's a lot of shitty Samurai games. So yeah. when there's a really good one, it stands out. Like Neo. I think it came out when another game came out, a bigger game came out. So it kind oh, of it's like Dark Souls. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, Dark it was Souls like, 3. Uh, yeah. 
so it quickly got swept under the rug. But like that was a good game, and like people, some people really enjoyed it, and it's very good at uh, the samurai aesthetic. You can change your armor, so it's not just samurai. Um, but watching the ghost of uh, Tsunamani or whatever it's called, uh, Tsushima, Tsushima, sure, um, Toshiba, <laughs> Toshiba, Mitsubishi's, yeah, um, Ghost of Toyota. I think with them, they made it. They, <laughs> They made a conscious choice of it. It seems like gameplay trailer, but they weren't moving the camera around a lot. I think it might be like dual stick where one stick controls the camera. And they were making it intentional not to change the camera too often to make it seem more cinematic than it is. Um, so it still looks nice, but I think when you're actually playing it, it, the camera might be swinging around more when you're doing it as opposed to when it's a uh, presentation. Yeah. Still yeah. It looks amazing, though, but I think it might be a sort of a attack counter sort of combat of arkham that seems to have just plagued every game since i can so, picture so that. much of the combat for a samurai is countering after someone else attacked them yeah so maybe it just has the attack button i'm not sure though yeah it has to flow realistically good, somewhere or another so i i'd be interested to get my hands on a demo but I, like as we've discussed in previous episodes demos are kind of rare but they are kind of making a resurgence so who knows um i think the most I don't know if this is indie game or not. It, to me, I think it is an indie game, but I feel like this game deserves an award for being the most like unique game at E3. It's a game called Man Eater. Did you guys see the trailer for that? No. All right, I it's, see it on here though. It's called. Mm. It's basically a shark simulator where you just eat people alive, and it's like oh, so yeah, yeah, gory yeah. And, and insane. <laughs> like I feel like anyone that's like fans of Shark Week and that whole like vibe like this is a game for you but you take the role of a shark and these unsuspecting swimmers you just rip them apart and it's very bloody and very graphic i bet there'll be a good story though i'm sure it's gonna be a very story driven <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i mean it, as far as an indie game is it's simple premise they it's if you're trying to eat people this is the game for you uh because there's a game called i think it's the depth where it's a asymmetrical multiplayer game where like one person plays a shark and four people are divers and you have to hunt each other. Um, but this seems more a bit like over the top, sort of, t- you know, uh, not satirical, but like joking because like the shark is flying out of the yes, beach, like, onto the out beach. of the ocean, onto the beach, and like yeah, just dying. So it just seems like a really fun, goofy shark yeah, game. Yeah, eating a freaking crocodile, like, and yeah, people's limbs are falling off. So yeah, it's very just bloody and violent so just if you yeah. wanted to be a shark for a day that's a game i can't <laughs> imagine it, it it would cost more than 10 20 dollars probably 20 but if it is more than that yeah, i think that's surprised. one you steer away from swim um, away from in line with uh, the ghost of tsunami um from software the dark souls developers themselves revealed their next game yeah what was it Desu something S- shadows die twice yeah sakiro shadows die twice okay and it's very Japanese uh, samurai ninja oriented, but it's from the Soulsgate company. So I'm. It's interesting that both of these games are coming out. I think around the same time. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Shadow Die Twice is early 2019. Yeah, I have not played uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls because it literally looks like my hell in video games. <laughs> Um, I don't like anything where I have to play the same scene over or the same fight over and over again more than like three or four times or I'm oh. out. And like, that's what the whole, that's what those games are. Yes. is like learning the mechanics and doing it yeah. over and over and over again until you can like nail the rhythm and the pattern and like the in and the out. And I yeah. hate it. I love the worlds <laughs> that they build. The worlds that they build could not be more my type of game as far as like where you are and what you're playing and what the story is around you and stuff. But I just, I know I've never bought one of those games because having watched gameplay, I know for a fact that I would hate it and I would not get my money's worth. But Shadows Die Twice, the whole like mechanic of it, I I am likely to buy and try and play this one because the whole mechanic of it is that when you die, you can like respawn still in the same like fight or sequence, but use the dying to your advantage. Um, Mm. So like you can die and then like, the, the person that you're fighting starts to, like, walk away, and then you can, like, res yourself and, like, stab them in the back. Um, or huh. get, like, a second chance to get an advantage on something where you were, like, so close to killing them, but then you died, but then you can come back and finish it off without having to start from the beginning again. Like, the whole point of it is that you don't have, they specifically said you don't have unlimited reses, like, there is a limit to it, and there are, like, rules with it. But I think that the fact of, like, giving you more of a chance to 
fix something that went wrong or whatever in that like rhythm and learning how to do the fights and whatever. I think it's much more likely that I will enjoy Shadows Die Twice than any of their other games. So I'm probably going to get in with that one. Yeah, they had another one they announced that was PlayStation VR exclusive and it's called Dara Sine. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. It's got some like, uh, I don't know. It's D-E-R. Yeah, exactly. Uh, D-E-R-A-C-I-N-E. And I don't know. I didn't. I saw the trailer. It was only like two minutes or something. And I don't really know what the game's going to be about. That's E3 in a nutshell, though. People like they show you stuff and you have yeah. no idea what the actually game's going to be like. But that's just interesting to mm-hmm. see another From Software title being thrown around and VR at that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because Shadows Die Twice, Neo 2, and Ghost of Tsunami. Uh, Tsushima. Tsushima were all announced at E3, or I think uh, some of them were announced beforehand, but it's just like, they're, they all seem pretty similar. Mm-hmm. At least Shadows Die Twice comes out early 2019. So I'm curious if they're really, if how similar they're going to be, and if they're going to be kind of fighting each peop, uh, fighting each other for people's attention, and for that type of game. So. Also, uh, while we were talking about VR, I just wanted to say Transference, the trailer was incredible. It was so spooky, and I was so into it, and I'm so sad that it's VR because I don't like VR games. Yeah. Uh, I will never play it, most likely, but it looks dope as hell, so if you are into VR, watch the trailer for Transference. Huh. Oh, yeah, this one. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, I heard Moss is now available on Steam and other platforms, too, so that's cool. Anyone who was initially sad that that was PlayStation exclusive, it's no longer exclusive. Um, still VR though, which yeah, which kind of is a barrier to entry. Um, some that stuck out to me, this one's really unique that I I can picture myself playing it, but I'm not sure how much, I I don't know where they're going to go with it. Let's put it that way. I feel like they, it's just like a cool concept, but how will it be as a full game? This game called Concrete Genie. Um, it's very mm-hmm. like cartoonish. It almost seems like you're playing like a Pixar movie. Uh, but your character has this big paintbrush. You have to avoid like these bullies and stuff. And the main mechanic of the game is, uh, apparently there's some kind of evil in the world that made the walls all dark or something. And you use your paintbrush to like brighten up the, it's almost like a graffiti kind of aspect. So it makes me think of Jet Set Radio, which is like my favorite stuff. Uh, but it's not graffiti. It's more or less just actual painting. And you get a set of different like brushes that you can paint on these walls and even create little characters and stuff that c- come to life and then interact with the, the environments to like open doors for you and stuff. So there's a lot of potential in this game, but I'm just curious as like, as you're clearing zones, painting all the walls and stuff, is it going to feel repetitive and like lose kind of its magic? But the fact that your, your paintings come to life and like each painting's unique and every wall in the game's uh, as every surface mm-hmm. is, you can paint on like it it just makes it seem like to each person's gameplay experience it's going to be a very unique uh yeah world that you're yeah creating. I'm, I'm hype about that one definitely so that like i said a lot of potential not sure how it's actually going to play but that's one that i can see myself playing for sure if you had to guess now i know you haven't played it but how many bottles would you give it out of 10 oh uh probably baja blast i'm gonna go <laughs> Six because I want it to be. I want it to be good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm giving it a nine. Oh, that's, okay. that'd be fantastic. It gives me. Oh, uh, that's great. Vibes of. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't. God, Mark, you just sound so like insincere, <laughs> smart about everything you said. I'm glad because I I couldn't remember the n- name of the game I was going to bring up, but the unswin f- unfinished swan. That was another one where you like had this cool like can't mechanic, but it's completely different, obviously. Nice. Yeah, I'll. I'll I'll kind of meet in the middle, and I'll go seven bottles out of ten. Brennan, what about you? I'm going to be three, be controversial. Three? Ooh, wow, you don't have a lot of, you don't have high hopes for this title. No, I know nothing about it besides what Doug just said. Yeah. Gotcha. Concrete Genie. Um, oh, it this one so this, cool. This one uh, kind of piqued my interest, but I don't really know if anybody else is going to be interested in it. I don't know. It's this game called Greed, no, Greedfall. It's the uh, first of all, weird title. Second of all, weird concept. It's like, it's colonists with like muskets and guns and stuff versus like indigenous people plus monsters. So like the trailer was just very bizarre. Like it was like, yeah, these indigenous people have these monsters and then these guys with muskets all show up and line up and start shooting them down. Like, I think it's going to be like a war game where you can pick 
either side, what colonists or indigenous people. And I'm not sure what the monsters have to do. I don't know. It was very much an E3 trailer. It was just like, look at us. We can, we have some really cool, uh, graphics and stuff, but like no gameplay at all. So, eh, not really sure if I'm going to be following that one until we hear more. Um, planet alpha the real monsters are like colonists. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's just like avatar and the American history. Uh, but, uh, planet Ooh. alpha, Super colorful side scrolling platformer. It actually kind of looks fresh in that genre because obviously that's been super saturated over the years. But I don't know. Planet Alpha, very unique and a very like kind of Metroidvania style game that I, I can see myself playing. I, that's an, again, seems like an indie project, one that I wouldn't expect a very big price tag on. So if it's more than $20, I'm not probably going to get on board. Yeah. I also did just want to talk real quick about Captain Spirit. Um, oh, hell yeah. Uh, don't yeah. It's, so it's going to be free uh, in like Ooh. a week or two, free download. And it's in the Life is Strange world. And they wanted to start building out the world. Calm down, Mark. It is. They wanted to start building out the world with different characters. So this is like in that same world. I don't think it has anything to do with the games, but they want to start making, it sounds like maybe more titles that are in that world with different people. And so this is a free one. Um, it'll be free to download. And I am very interested because I have not played Life is Strange one or oh, two. Oh, no. Whitney, you're doing <laughs> yourself such a huge disservice, especially as it's a okay. host of this no, podcast. No, no, no. I know. That's I know. A... I'm going to play them. Good. That's I was one always of the planning seven deadly ABTS sins. Yeah. <laughs> but I am going to use Captain Spirit as they're intending it to be in like an entry for new people into the world. So That's I'm going to start with Captain Spirit and see how it plays. Like not knowing the world, not knowing the characters because their whole point is to like expand the world and get make it accessible for more people and and you know, bigger storylines or other storylines and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to use it in the way that they're intending it and see how it plays out because oh. I know I'm going to like Life is Strange. You but, oh, it's, it's going to uh, change you and you're going to be like a yeah. super uh, fan. But the thing is no, no you are. You are. It's no, it, well, it won game of the year seven years <laughs> straight. Godly. It's, so it's I don't think there's any way you could not. That was like Mark's it. seven years straight. Yeah. But anyway, it's a fine game. It's not. Life let's put it this way: you're <laughs> in it's life is strange, changing. Brandon. Yes, you're in it's a unique amazing. position, though. I'd be curious to see if you play before the storm first. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Played in like chronological order. Yeah, because of, uh, before yeah. the storm was the game that came out after Life is Strange, and it's technically a prequel. So if you want to play them in chronological order, you'd go. Uh, Captain Spirit, Before the Storm, Life is Strange. But if you want to play them in yeah. the order they came out, you could do it the other way. Yeah. I think I'll probably... I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm definitely starting with Captain Spirit because I think since I have this opportunity to not have played the previous games and like come in with a different story, I think I'm going to do that. But uh, what do you think? Do you think I should start with the prequel? I'm almost thinking I, yes. I, wouldn't, I would disagree. I would say you should start... I mean, do Captain Spirit and then start with Life is Strange, then Before the Storm. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree. Because there's I think, so much mystery around Rachel Amber, it's good to like, yes, hear yes. what she was as a person before you see what she was as a person. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and look, you're going to play the game and you're going to go on this streak where you listen to the nope. soundtrack every day well, uh -huh. for That's a really, really long soundtrack. time and it'll change your life. When Brendan played it, he wouldn't stop calling me. I, I actually had to put my phone on silent most nights because I'd get these. I just hear this buzzing at like three a.m. on a on a on a work night, and I'm just like, Brendan, I'm sleeping, man. What are you doing? This is both libel and harassment. Yeah, and and he, I would I would answer it, and he would just go, Mark. We need. I need to see you. I. I it's one thing to, it's we're one not thing lovers. Talk, yeah, where's this going? <laughs> I need to see you in person. It's been too long. Let's catch up. Let's. I let's need to cry on your shoulder town. over episode yeah. three. Uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. But no. Uh, back to it's E3 okay. before Mark okay derails game. too much for. Um, there's <laughs> right. two more games that I just want to mention in passing before maybe we wrap this one up. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. It's been a while yeah. since we had a good dinosaur game. That's if you're into dinosaurs, that'd be cool. I still don't think we'll, it'll be a while before we get another one. Yeah. It's it's already out, and from what I see, it's just Zoo Tycoon dinosaurs. Pretty much. They're already they're already existed that. Yeah, so. but it's it's an updated graphics. I don't know. Dinosaur yeah. fans, check it out. Um, and then last but not least, in my book at least, uh, Final Fantasy XIV and Monster Hunter World are having like some kind of collaboration event. So I guess if you log into either game, there's going to be like 
intermixings of each world. So like if you're in the Final Fantasy 14 world, you encounter some kind of monster from Monster Hunter world and vice versa. So that's kind of neat. Is the Final Fantasy 14 or 15? I thought it was 15. No, it's 14 because that's the online MMO. Oh, you're right. Yeah, never mind. I played that for a while. It was all right. It was I know sort of fun. Corey and Amanda from One Track Gamers, they were uh, still playing that in recent years, if I'm not mistaken. So that might be something they'd be into. So I'm sure uh, fans of both franchises though, thought that was a pretty cool uh, crossover. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll just blow through some real quick. Uh, Yakuza 0, Ko- Yakuza Kiwami, and Yakuza Kiwami 2 are all being ported to PC. So anyone who really wants to play those games and didn't have a PS4, here's your chance. You nice. Start from the beginning, which I'm super pumped for. Um, Death Stranding. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. No one knows what that is. No. And I'm probably going to get a PS4 just for uh, it. It looks like a really cool backpacking simulator. It's it's a uh, Paperboy. It's the new Paperboy yeah. game by yeah. uh, <laughs> Kojima. It's a delivery system. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Uh, Fist of the North Star. For anyone who liked the old anime, oh, it just, yes. even if you don't, it just seems like a really fun beat em up game. Like, yeah. Almost in the style of Dynasty Warriors because you're just like a god warrior. And a fun part is people will have like a death scream when you're beating them up. It'll like scream and it'll appear in the kanji uh, lettering, like the Chinese or Japanese lettering. I forget which. And you can actually take it out from the sky and beat them to death with the letters. So you can, it's ridiculous and over the top, and that's going to be fun. Uh, Rapture's Rejects is a game from the Cyanide and Happiness crew. And it's kind of an isometric, uh, I guess just survival shooting game, but it's all in the style of Cyanide and Happiness. So that I didn't even, I missed entirely, but that looks ridiculous and fun. Uh, What else? Uh, Cuphead's got DLC. That's going to be great and infuriating at the same time. Uh, Gears of War 5 and Gears of War Pop with the Funko Bob figures. They can go fuck themselves. That's a terrible (laughs) idea. And I hope whoever thought of that gets fired. Uh, and We Happy Few. Apparently, I talked about how Gearbox is like funding them now and like the whole thing with the Kickstarter and the whole clusterfuck with that. Apparently, the game is just completely different now than what the early alpha was. Apparently, the early alpha was the survival uh, sort of strategy game. Apparently, that was just what the alpha was. And that was just for the world building like test. And apparently, the main game is actually like a Bioshock-like story that everyone thought it was from the trailer. So I don't know if that's in response to the backlash from the alpha in the trailer. Probably because I played some of the gameplay for We Happy Few and I was not super into it. And I, I love Bioshock and the the world. So I was hoping yeah. for it to be very Bioshock-like. Um, and it was not from what I played. But Yeah, I think everyone was. I think I don't know anyone who was pleased with the alpha. Right. So I, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that they took the story, which is a super interesting story to me, and went a different way with it. Uh, I yeah. I like when they listen to that kind of feedback. Definitely. Yeah, it doesn't cur- happen often. <laughs> it's rare. And I'm curious to know if it is that was always their intended plan or if it is because of the feedback. Uh, but I still think it's kind of a dick move for Gearbox to buy them out, essentially, refund everyone with the money and say, now you have to buy it again at twice the price. And there's already a movie deal in the works. Like, I'm still not happy with the ethics of what they're doing, like, business-wise. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see We'll see how the game does. Totally. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right. And uh, is there anything else anyone wants to maybe throw out there last minute? Or are we pretty good on this nope, episode? We talked about all mine. All right, awesome. Hey, not uh, not game wise, but Jordan Peele pitched a reboot of Gargoyles to Disney as oh, a movie. Oh shit! Uh-huh. Super fucking uh-huh. for that. So uh-huh. that- I actually was trying to write a spec script for. Boy, it. oh boy, did I like Gargoyles! That's oh, it's like so good. Yeah, growing most, up, most most cartoons in that era, I did not watch, but I watched the shit out of Gargoyles. Yeah, so good. I remember that was a great show. Um, but that would be really cool to see a modern reboot of as a movie or whatever he intends on doing. Um, yeah. but yeah, hey, listener, we had Mark back on the show, so I think we did something right, <laughs> and we that's, yeah. that's our uh post E three episode, uh post E or whatever we're gonna call it. Post-E. Um, we'll get back to more conversation games in the regular format in future episodes, but I guess we had a lot to discuss this time around. Uh, let's wrap this episode <laughs> up and do some plugs. Where can our listeners find you, Mark? Because I know you're gonna bullshit the longest. Hey, Doug. <laughs> Let's watch it with those accusations, all right? Yeah, two minutes, Mark. We're cutting you off after yep. that. Look, man, words hurt. <laughs> but anyway, you can find me. I'm actually, probably the best thing to find me on is my Instagram, 
and that's uh, just search for IAKA. That's I E A K A, um, or Mark Choi. You could probably search that and find me too. Yeah, uh, minute thirty. And I would plug my Twitter, but I just think it's not worth it. So <laughs> that's I'm gonna completely I'll pass the baton to Brandon. Uh, Brendan, my Brendan, where can I worthless. find you? Uh, don't worry about it. My Twitter's also terrible. Don't I just use it to get free shit now? Um, instead, look up Kata, or their online handle is K009. They do little web comics online, and they're very delightful as well as a good artist. And I actually got to meet them out here at a convention like fucking months back uh, in LA, and they're super nice. So check out their comics. It's K009 is like the easiest way to find them. Cool. I love how you uh, like donate your plugs. That's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I'm just saying it's, you give uh, our listeners something else to check out. That's cool. Um, something better than us. How about you, Whitney? You have a podcast. I do have a podcast. It's called Historical Hotties, and we pit a historical person against historical person in a battle for hotness supremacy every week. Um, the most recent one was Magicians, where we talked about the hottest magicians in history, and that was a fun one, so check that one out. And uh, you can find us at we're Historical Hotties uh, anywhere you find podcasts, and then we're at Historically Hot everywhere there's social media. Um, and I personally am Whitney underscore Nelson, that's N-E-L-S-E-N, on Twitter, and just Whitney Nelson on Instagram if you want to find me. And actually, probably Instagram's the best place to follow me if you want to follow me, because I don't ever tweet. I think the only thing I've tweeted in the last year has been about my podcast, or just the other day to blast Kingdom Hearts 3, because I don't understand what's happening there. <laughs> Fair enough. No one does. Uh, that's a good use of Twitter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, <laughs> listener, go check out Whitney, go check out Mark, Brand, check out our show, uh, tell a friend if you like our show, uh, we're all findable at ABT Silence on Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Instagram, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, that was our E3 coverage. Hope, hopefully you liked it. Get in touch with us. Send us an email, uh, almostbetterthansilence at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for future What's That Sound, what, uh, I Was the Walrus, uh, Game or No Game, any of our stupid games that we play. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys. Yep. Yeah. Bye. Actually, before we go, uh, <laughs> guys, I went whitewater rafting a couple of weeks ago, um, and this... Uh, this one guy, he was, he started, <laughs> flat, really he started flat spinning in one of the rapids and his raft like launched up on top of a rock and, and apparently like no one in the history of going on this expedition had ever done that before and he got launched out of the raft and he was getting carried downstream and his team was like stuck in the raft and it was like i don't know it's just really really funny and then we went back to the house that we rented and we just played resident evil 5 which is a really good game too oh i forgot i'm looking forward to resident <laughs> evil 2 okay bye yeah no don't worry about it. just cut all that up <laughs> no